last conversation we had with you, we, it felt like we just barely hit the tip of the iceberg. We just started going, going into some stuff that both Danielle and I afterwards went, oh, we got to have more of this conversation. This is so good. Um, <laughs> so we're really glad to have you on again and really thrilled that you're going to be able to have a bit more time to actually delve into some of the things that you've been involved in. <laughs> I'm just going to change my light here just a sec. I'm getting a bit of a shadow on Am my I okay? glasses. <laughs> I don't have the greatest background. I've got a bunch of rabbits. <laughs> I decorate for my Zoom classes. I always have decorations in the background, but we're into bunny rabbits already. <laughs> nice. That's great. Yeah. Um, so, Linda, why don't you tell us again just a little bit about your your history in dance and the arts and how you've ended up where you've ended up. Um, I was going to read a whole thing about your your life and history, but I always feel it's better that you just kind of tell us. Give us your highlights of your career and how you ended up here. Well, uh, <laughs> hard to synopsize it, but basically I, I started off um, with more classical training and a classical route into classical companies with a role Winnipeg Ballet. Mm. And then I fast, fast uh, learned even there that I was just like, I'm much more of a character dancer, much more suited to... Um, things that were a little more expressive and personal. So I ended up um, dancing for many different companies, went from Royal Winnipeg Ballet, large scale company, to um, lived in Ottawa and to dance with Theatre Ballet of Canada. Um, did some, met my husband there and did work with the Theatre of Giants, which was Mask Theatre Movement mm. um, company, which kind of made me feel like, oh, I'm feeling at home. I'm feeling like I'm living inside of art because he did uh, created handmade uh, fiber mask that you'd climb into and actually we did a whole theater performance like inside mass life-size kind of thing so um that's while i was dancing with uh theater ballet of canada and then um we ended up doing a tour actually what brought me out to vancouver was um theater of giants we did a tour for expo expo 86 and brought me out and performed there and and i said wow what a beautiful place to live i loved ottawa but i went this could be even better so um so I auditioned while I was out here for several companies, and then we, when we flew back home. I got a phone call from Anna Wyman saying, oh, nice. we want you, come out. And then nice. her boss said, we don't want you. It was a boy that, that we were replacing, and sorry. So, But basically oh, like, what happened was I found out uh, my husband, when I said, oh, they want me and I'm moving to Vancouver, he gave up his whole career and moved to Vancouver to wait oh. for me. And then I found out from the manager, like, oh, and I didn't really have permission to invite you because we really need a boy. But she loved me. So anyhow, <laughs> I sort of said, what am I going to do now? I'm leaving Ottawa and going to Vancouver to meet my then boyfriend uh, who's waiting for me and given up everything for me to go there. Anyway, I came to uh, to Vancouver. And then while I was here, I got somehow they, they tracked me down. They found me, they located, and they said, we need you now. The girl in the company broke her foot and we're going to India in a couple of weeks. Oh, wow. So I ended up, I, so I sort of just came, came to Vancouver, met my boyfriend and just trying to get settled to a new life here in Vancouver. That was kind of unexpected. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I need to get a lot of really awful shots and malaria pills, et cetera, and learn all the repertoire and, 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 and say bye-bye to my husband. We off to India. I went. Wow. <laughs> so wow. kind of launched my career. And, and this was more of a, um, Anna really, really loved me. Um, she's now passed, unfortunately, but um, we had a really wonderful relationship. She just adored me. And, um, saw I think all my strengths whereas in a classical company you know you're just kind of a cookie cutter and you do your thing and you do it well and and that's that but I think she saw the essence of of the true me that she was able to bring out so it was really a a beautiful relationship that we had when I worked for her and it was really uh, quite terrifying actually to learn all the repertoire in two weeks before heading off to this country etc oh wow Um, but anyway, but then I was I, we stayed remaining here in Vancouver, and I danced after Anna Wyman. I, I moved on to um, Judith Marcuse Dance Company, and worked with Judy for quite a few years. And so that's kind of been the tra- tracking of my 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 my, my dance career it was starting off classical, and then somehow blending contemporary with the classical, mm-hmm. which suited me very very much because I've always been. Um, very interested in breath and expression and feeling um, an attachment to dance where I think in classical ballet, it's very, very more, it's a little, I hate to say, but a little more automaton and, and less, um, maybe less personal, hmm. right? And yeah. fitting, fitting a niche. And, yeah. Um, so this exploration, when I was here, I, um, at one point, 
I decided to do a Canada Council grant because I was very fascinated about the attachment of theater and integrating multidisciplinary aspects of myself to my dance and not just saying, I'm just a dancer. In fact, a lot of people I once remember being interviewed for a newspaper, some quote or something on the street, and they said to my friend walking out of a ballet class, okay, well, what was your profession? She goes, dancer. And they said, what are you? I said, artist. And I kind of went, that just came out instinctively. I knew that yeah. I didn't want to be... Um, maybe just put in a little box, like this is all you are. So I think that's how, I guess I could say, everything's unraveled. It's just, I've been very lucky and fortunate enough to have met people that um, incited that incredible passion for me to express in multi-dimensions and multi-forms. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of Council Grant was great because I did a, a dance component of it and also um, uh, the David Smuckler was the voice intensive, which really attached me to my my voice, which sounds funny I mean it was to do you know Shakespearean script and using the voice but an acting component but really what it did was attach me to myself mm. and I think that is largely the work now that I'm in my 60s 61 officially a kind of senior um anyway now that I'm uh, on this new path in my life uh it's really flavored my teaching a lot this whole mm. sense of healing and attaching to the self and even when I'm working, like today, I was just saying, I have bun on, just came back from teaching the wonderful Le Mans dancers up in North Vancouver, lovely training uh, company there. And I feel like even with teaching ballet to professionals that their aspiration is becoming, you know, ballet performer, a contemporary dancer in a company, I still feel that I'm heavily immersed into taking care of those people first hmm. and so my class always starts with like how are you what's happening are you injured where are we going from and it's just so that people are not um endangering themselves really and there's yeah. so much more in terms of the artistic development when you reach out and find out who the person is and attach to that and they can attach themselves and feel like they're in a safe space yeah that's yeah lovely that's lovely. Well, it sounds like that's what you guys are doing too. Every time I hear something, it's like, raw, raw, safe space for dancers. It's yeah. like, it's critical, right? Yeah. Kind of our thing, hey, Sandy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. is why we connected so well with you, Linda. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyway, those are the places I danced for, danced, uh, danced at. It's kind of funny when you look at your life, I don't think of it so much as the places I danced as much as the experiences that I, I lived and what I learned through them. Mm. So I remember once a hearing, I think it was a Pina Bausch movie and she was, and some of the dancers were interviewed and, and they were like, when they were being um, auditioned or whatever, mm. it wasn't so much like, well, what, what is, what are your credentials? Like, where have you been? How much have you done? It's kind of like, who are you and what do you have to actually offer yeah. of yourself yeah. in terms of it being a, you know, an, an experience, I suppose you could say. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go ahead, Danielle. Oh well, I this is not on our list of questions. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no, no. But uh, you were talking about like being an artist, and that just kind of got me thinking. Like, did you yeah. know that that was in you from like the beginning, or was that in you gradually as you grew up to be a dancer, then a teacher, etc.? I think art. Well, art. I know art has been largely a part of me my whole life, and I could say that not in a. Um, I don't know. I could say, in a very honest way, I could say it's almost been art. It's been always an escapism for me. It's been, even as a child, I just escaped in my fantasies. My imagination sort of took me into a place or a realm where I could feel like there's always a bubble of safeness, of calmness, and the things that I needed uh, to exist with. Um, so it has been largely part of my life the whole time I've been growing up. And then every different component, like for instance, when I was at the Royal Winnipeg, I they had like a little newspaper, and I was like, I was the illustrator and did all the cartoons. and. And the commentary, and some of which I think I got a little bit in trouble for because there's a lot of, you know, difficulties there. And some of the issues I was able to make into very humorous cartoons were actually <laughs> serious issues. So they're like, ah, you're kind of exposing some secrets here. So I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing. Um, and then, of course, when I was just a new parent, like like you are now, Danielle, I was just like, oh, how can I, like, this bridge from, you know, it was very difficult to make a bridge from your career to you know, uh, being a mom, a stay-at-home mom I was most of the time. So I, I turned a lot of that into how was I going to f- create art around uh, a child in terms of their upbringing or their birthday parties, how, how it, so it's always finding creative ways to keep that ignited. Um, mm-hmm. But then when I came back, actually, after having my daughter, um, 
after I came back from that a little bit of hiatus away from dance, um, I found it was almost like a flood. I was flooded, like the floodgates were all like, I'm coming back. And it came, mm. I'm coming back with a powerful force. Watch mm. out. It's like a really like, like the dam said open. I'm like, I'm back. But that was <laughs> almost a bigger voice. Like I was talking about the voice intensive, like it kind of had that tweak of I found my voice I found the real me I found the power in me and now I'm ready to launch it so that's mm. when I came back into um teaching I came first I went to that's where I met Danielle at the dance um dance drive dance center on uh, in um East Vancouver on the commercial drive and I had kind of like a, a huge following it was almost like um it to me felt almost like an orchestra. I felt like a conductor and I had this incredible orchestra. And it was where I gained incredible power, I think, as, a, as, as an instructor, because I had this force of energy where I felt like I can be a leader. And that's maybe what I didn't know when I was young and a student and growing up was through my course of, of training. I never saw the strength because no one ever saw that in me. So it was maybe the departures of the relationships that I had with other artists, like my husband, you know, and um exposing myself to other experiences and then parenting, which is, wow, it's just like, boom, you can't ever be prepared for that, right? It just hits you like a <laughs> uh, kind of knocks you off your feet for a while. But when you get back on them, it's like you're like a really transformed person in your power. Yeah. So it's been really lovely to come back into dance now and say, okay, I have a voice to influence and what kind of influence can I can I be? And that to me is a, a much larger com- contribution in uh, in comparison, I would say to even as a performer, I thought when I was a performer, I went, this is it. I'll never be a teacher. I am a performer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be on stage. That's where I'm meant to be. Like really just felt like that was my pedestal. Like I just felt powerful on stage. But now I realize, wow, I just really enjoy watching other people on stage. But I feel the power that I have now is more of, a, of the leadership and being um, sort of a mentor for others and to give them the voice. By using my own. I think we talked about that maybe the last interview. I, I, you've really exposed a lot of things because your questions and your just your um, your curiosity of kind of went, wow, I had no idea. I felt so strongly. But I think I talked about the fact that when you're a dancer, you're pretty much muted. You're using your body to speak the language and you're being given instructions, but asked most regularly, like not to really give your opinion on, yeah. <laughs> on the choreography. You know, you just you do it. Um but being a teacher, having to use your voice so much, it really makes you shape the words and things that come out of your voice. And then you realize, wow, I haven't really been audible very much. Most of my life, I've just been someone that someone's visually like, oh, adored or like, you know, the transformations by seeing the visual. And I'm like, wow, to add the two of those components and then mix it up with the art. To me, like that is like the most um heavenly place for, for for me personally to be in because I feel like I can it's almost like sticking your foot in a pot of blue paint your other one in red paint and then you got your voice that's coming out like multicolored <laughs> and it's just like this endless amount of color that you can you can actually have impact on people because as you know like someone might be just oh I really resonate with I'm a real purple person or like so I am an orange like people just have a different kind of color that hits them and if you can touch that color and go what color are you like I'm just using that as a as an uh, you know a metaphor but um once you find that you can bring out the best in people you know and that's basically my um I don't know my goal now in life is to just help others find what I found for myself which is that voice yeah. that it inter- you know that's Linda awesome. what color are you by the way purple me oh I don't know I you know I think my my favorite color being red it feels like that speaks to who I am too I don't know yeah <laughs> I'm a yellow gal are you oh yeah you oh, are you, know, you are sunshine, so. <laughs> it's, it's so important though it's kind of like the aura of a person and if you can kind of um sort of uh I don't know like meld with that you can blend it you can shape it you can be friends you can be very contrary you can have two different completely different personalities but as you know when you're working say you're in a company or something you're working with a choreographer you're working in an ensemble with all kinds of people with jarring different colors, you can become the beautiful rainbow or you can become a complete (laughs) war, right? War against each other. But there's something to be said of actually, I'm going to sneak forward, but you you had a a question that you were going to ask about something about, (laughs) I said, that is the weirdest question I've ever heard, but I think Danielle on her list of might ask you this, I'm warning you, but she said something like, if you were an art supply, (laughs) (laughs) 
question, but no, it's a good question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if you were an art supply, what would you be? Yeah. Okay. This was the question I thought that was like the, the best darn question, you know, out there. In the <laughs> wow. I have to answer you know what? It was really cool. I love things like that because the, the answer came to me. Literally, I thought of paint, which is not my mediums. Like as an artist, that's not what I, I work in. But I went, why did I jump to paint? And, and there's two reasons. When I was young dancer, really young, maybe, I don't know not even a teen, just maybe 12 or something. I remember having this incredible uh, dance instructor who was more contemporary influenced, teaching a ballet class to um, myself and my peers. And she asked me, she came right up to me and she said, what color are you dancing? And I went, and you know what? It stuck with me my whole career. And I went, oh, now I get what she, I really understood. She was trying to connect me to my movement. And when I think of, if I was an art supply, I think of paint. And the thing I think about paint is that there's such a variety and spectrum of colors and hues. So you can have that softness or that incredible vibrancy with paint, right? So that you, you can sort of, in any day, you can give one or the other of the texture. You also have that ability to move. And so much about uh, about my teaching and so influence is breath and the flow and movement of your energy, like your internal chi energy that you have inside of you. And the thing about paint is it, you can have it, you can water it down. So it's running into each other and, and moving and shape, shaping and, and changing, or you can have it, the pigment so thick that it's just so dynamic. So paint, I kind of went, Oh, paint. Oh, I want to be. I think that, that power to trans of, of transformation, which is, yeah all about what dance is because it's moving and, ch and ever changing mm -hmm. yeah. amazing I lovely love that. well that danielle and i hesitated on that question but we're, i'm glad she had it in there <laughs> um so tell me a bit more about i mean you've gone into the whole idea of breath and energy and then you do a seniors mindful movement what are the things that you now see to teach? Um, and and what, what, what do those things look like? What does mindful, seniors' mindfulness or breath classes or what do those things look like? Yeah, I'll, I'll kind of briefly just describe it for those who might be unaware. The class that I started to teach, was, which I just called, pulled a name out of a hat, Mindful Movement, um, sort of began when the pandemic hit and there was uh, a need for some online classes. So I was asked, could you run a seniors class, a little creative movement class? I went, mm, okay, who, who can't do that, right? Eyes closed, blindfolded. And I went, oh, this is just like, this has so much more potential here. And it being also during the pandemic where particularly seniors were a little bit more uh, vulnerable um, than, you know, we were all vulnerable, but they felt even more so um, and they were really stuck and maybe didn't have as much um, camaraderie of friends and so on. So they were really felt there was a great isolation with them. Mm -hmm. And um, even when I was teaching my own dancers that weren't, weren't seniors, I really noted that when I'd ask them how they felt, they would feel, um, they would talk about feeling lost. So the word was mm -hmm. lost. And I went, okay, so I can give classes to keep them going, keep them fit and so on. Or I can offer these classes to actually but their greater need, which was an attachment and a feeling of self uh, safety and well-being mm. and security. And so I think everyone's anxiety was rising really high near the beginning anyway. And I went, oh, so I could use this platform of a, a Zoom class online. It's very different than in person to my advantage here and actually do part of it compiled as a seated class right at the screen where I, I, I would work on um, breath exercises to... Uh, bring the sympathetic state down to parasympathetic. So just like dropping the cortisol levels and just mindfulness in terms of slowly bringing what's called the vagal state, bringing your body back into a nice neutral um, parasympathetic state. So I started to research um, all kinds of modalities of somatics to help people. And most, most of which has been meditation and breath work to bring people down to a calm level where they're capable of just existing with some peace and harmony in their lives. And the more that I did this, I was like, oh, there's so many, so many modalities as a dancer that you can just directly like influenced by dance, but obviously through the research and understanding um, neuroplasticity and how we can 
change the new neural pathways. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I kind of went, oh, this, this, and I realized, oh my goodness, this is so interesting. This is a pathway of healing with dance that I think's always been sort of there, but not, uh, the lights haven't been on. Like it's like a flashlight. All of a sudden I went, oh, the flashlight's on. This is the beacon place that I'm meant to be at this, at least at this time in my life right now. I've actually found, um, uh, I've found that this is my calling that to actually be able to offer movement. So it's the component of dance, but shape it into healing. So using the breath to sort of influence the movement of energy through the body. And then after the seated portion of maybe meditation and breath work, and I like do a little bit, I don't know if you've heard of EFT tapping, but it's sort of tapping sort of to um, balance out the hemispheres in the brain and so on. And then we move into a very gentle uh, kind of flow. It's almost uh qigong influenced in terms of it's all the modalities of the breath work that we did or we do on, on online i bring them into actual movement only i develop it more as a dancer so i'm sort of sweeping the energy that maybe not qigong officially but it's more like a contemporary movement but all with the theme of the day so say if our theme was um oh, like uh, um um I don't know, different themes, I've done do multiple themes. But anyway, if like connecting to yourself or finding your home or finding like, you know, then everything that I would do in the movement would come back to that 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 same um, theme and thematically ride it into suddenly the body from stillness and breath movement gets a little bit larger and starts to become dance. And then there's people that would take the class and go, I didn't know that I could move that well or that mm. much that I actually dance I go because you're not really approaching it as like we're doing a dance class or a creative movement class we're coming from let's get attached to our breath yeah. and feel our bodies moving from the inside and then take that and explore how we can express that, that theme or that emotion or whatever we've you know been been working on and what was really cool about it was while I was trying to figure out ways to um uh, maybe influence that attachment to the people I thought oh the best thing that I've always had carried along my life is I love to do art so I thought I'm going to just draw this instead of blah 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 I'm talking to you but I like to um to kind of show it so what I do is hold up like a picture but I hold do you want to see some of them just absolutely explain. yeah for sure okay so I'll just hold up for instance um like this one for instance was all about uh I don't know if you can see there but it was about your inner child so getting attached to your inner child so I'd hold the art up and I'd be talking about the lesson before we do our meditations and stuff, just to give them a visual of, of something that I might be thinking of. We just did, um, uh, this was like a spring equinox and it's kind of like, you know, from laying down to the earth with the long and um, cold months of the winter to have that rebirth and that yeah. coming, coming back or whatever. Yeah. Um, stuff like that. I had one person that was suffering with some, um, dysphonia throat issues so we talked about the throat chakra and how to release like the pain that might be lodged which might be an emotional pain right to sort of kind of influence healing that way so anyway the whole class that I developed ended up becoming something that to me was like the marriage of all of me it was the mm -hmm. art the music I always select um, a different musician to expose them to each week so we're mm. you know keeps very highly stimulated like wow i'm constantly looking for amazing artists then i'll i'll, I'll message them on, on instagram and say i used your your music today <laughs> like, really? so it's kind of creating all, all these relationships like even if they're yeah. uh, long distance it's kind of connection connecting to um artists of all disciplines and having that marriage of it all happening together because it's it's much more forceful it's like dropping a little seed in the earth and put the water and, and the nourishment of it all rises from, I think, the, the different components. Wow. I go into that a bit more because that was one of our questions that we were going to ask about, <laughs> about <laughs> collaboration in the arts um, because um, that whole idea of the synergy of one to another and how it creates something more is we don't think of it that way. We really separate um, who our artists are, unless we've got a particular project where the musician needs some dancers or the dancers need some music. But we don't often think of it as entering into something where it already um, is in we're anticipating that it's going to work synergistically. So talk a oh, bit more about that. What have you been seeing um, as you words, work Andy. collaboratively? Well, I have been for many years too, and, and this has been ongoing. I just can't let go of it, but I've been 
um, putting on a hosting kind of events called Bringing Artists Together. I think that's where I maybe first met Danielle. Yeah. And um, and it's always been, I'm not sure why or how it all began, but it was meant to be. And it's just, it's 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 um, never ending sense of joy. It's where I hold a, a dance class. It would be just a regular dance class, but it's so irregular in that I invite um, usually a, a live musician, which is, you know, kind of rare when it's hard to afford. So sometimes yeah. I'm like, oh, we get a treat. So either a drummer or a pianist will come. And once I had a cellist, which is really, really exciting. And then I invite artists. So I used to have the, before the, the um, pandemic hit, I had the um, Emily Carr University. So, so sometimes the professors would bring a whole class of of figure drawing uh, students, or one time actually started, they started to bring the um, animation classes, which is really, really cool. And so I had some animators doing animations. I'm like, this is even, this is really getting exciting. And then I have um, some established painters that are, you know, well-known in the community, as well as just the young, you know, the young students. So there's the ones that are learning and growing and the ones that are established. So you get kind of, uh, of a mentorship in in terms of the guests that are there. Yeah. I please invite a photographer or maybe two um, and videographers to explore their art. So just recently, like this month, I just held a couple uh, in mid-March and I've been now just doing them out of SFU because there's a beautiful courtyard studio there. It's just like the most beautiful ambience with a mm-hmm. white ground piano. So I had my pianist playing on the white ground piano. My photographer is saying, what do you want? I go, I want, what do I want? This is what I want. I want you to have fun and you to just break all rules and just experiment. I don't ex- have any expectations. But sometimes I say, do you want to do this? Or this? No, I, I actually want you to use this as a canvas as it were, mm. for your own exploration. Yeah. So play whatever you want. And it's really neat because you think that this would be repetitive in terms of the photographers would come like, oh, it's same old, same old at the bar in the center. And like, what can you, what can be new and different? And yet this, uh, like the most recent photographer I had, Ross Dan Otter, he always comes and he says, I'm, I like to collect um, antique cameras, different kinds of lenses. Oh, sometimes I like to play with film. He does darkroom and uh, digital. And so He's constantly just saying, I'm going to experiment with this film that I just bought. See what it works like in this camera that I just got it that, you know. Yeah. You know, it's just really quite fascinating. So, and and the pictures and what a person may find um, uh, really the most extraordinary is that even with the artists, what some people do, I had some laying on the floor. One woman just put herself in a corner like a caterpillar and she was there with her camera taking pictures in the, in, in the corner of the reflections of the dancer's feet. So she wasn't interested in the body. Wow. <laughs> She's just like, what cool reflections. I had one uh, one artist who took a photograph. It's one of my favorites from, oh gosh, it must have been maybe 15 years ago. It was the, the bar at the, in the space that I was teaching in had um, metal, like hollow metal instead of a wooden thing to hold on to. So he was just mesmerized by this ring. And it looks like, the photograph looks like this little ring, like just the spiritual ring that's just floating in the air. And he blurred everything out around it. So all the dancers doing their exercises, holding onto the bar, just became colors around this this orb of light that was just, and I went, he saw the whole thing as kind of this kind of spiritual experience. Like I'm taken away with the energy. The artists sometimes they'll be like, and you'll hear their their sweeping over their papers and the papers rattling, and then it kind of becomes part of the music that we're dancing to. Like, wow! While we're going swoosh swoosh with our bodies, and the music's playing that, she's going swoosh swoosh. So the art sort of sometimes it's very literal. I have an artist that came a couple weeks ago, and she is a, a courtroom artist, so she draws what she sees. You know, she's used to drawing the on the jury stand. The people look like. So it's like really exact where the person next to her was just like, wow, I love that scribble because it's just that was I know what that was. That was a pirouette exercise because I could <laughs> you kind of feel like the So everybody's um, perception, like what they see and how they see it so differently fascinates me, hmm. whether it's the lens of a camera or, um, you know, with their whatever medium they're, they're playing with. And again, you know, everyone will choose their favorite medium. Sometimes it's paint. Sometimes it's mark. Sometimes it's charcoal, sometimes it's chalk. It's just really cool. I had one woman come. She goes, well, I don't do that kind of art, but I'm a mixed media artist. And she went away with some thoughts and some sketches. And she ended up building beautiful 3D sculptures and wire and, and color. And yeah. it was gorgeous of mm. the dancers. Mm. Um, gone to a lot of exhibitions where people have like, wow, you launched an idea that birthed a whole project and exploration, which became an, an exhibit, which is now touring or whatnot. So it's it's really mm. neat how just saying you are welcome to come. Here's your invitation. Would you like to join me at my bringing artists together event? 
creates to me like this incredible explosion of brilliant in every direction you know just you, you know you never know how, how it influences and then the dancers leave i usually say at the end of it say oh well the artists can we please share like if you're not you know feeling they're not usually shy just to share what you have been uh, inspired by to the dancers because they've been working hard in a dance class and they're <laughs> anxious yeah. to see yeah. and it's really lovely and i said would you mind like us give them the platform like talking about it like what was the experience what was it like for you to and they often like the most important thing i would say or, uh, most uh, um, frequent thing that they say is it was the energy the energy um they say when you're even when there's a musician and you're listening at the music but they said we're listening to the sounds you're making so we're kind of influenced by this i make a lot of uh, kind of vocal sounds when I teach and they said we're so influenced by the energy that's just surrounding us in every layer texture and 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 the variety of like that like mm. I was saying the temple so many different uh, disciplines in the, in the room at once but you just said you said it's so true I think in our society we tend to separate them and even when I was um many years ago I was like getting really fascinated with photography and someone I said oh well I've got to do dance first because I'm young now I've got to do that I'll just do that I'll, I'll wait for it. and he said why are you waiting why don't you just do it all and I said well I do art and dance dare I put something else into it <laughs> and I realized I yeah like actually you know like it's 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 like that whole concept of too much is ridiculous I think the more the more that you give yourself the more you have to give and you don't really get mm. depleted or doesn't mean less and I think in our community people think of oh let's deplete let's just diminish let's just there's us and there's you specialize compartmentalize and keep separate and that whole separation uh, mentality to me is really dangerous yeah. and that's why I'm trying very hard as an influencer as a teacher to teach sort of healthy habits of like attached to yourself so that you'll be able to attach to others and realize those others are not the enemy or like someone that's a threat to you, but they're actually an ally and together even with your differences of favorite colors or what it, whatever it may be together you're a more more spectacular piece of art right yeah absolutely well and i feel i feel like what i mean danielle and, and i have talked about this recently that just that um so many artists get reduced to being commodities we use you for this purpose, for this performance, for, you know, whatever it is. And so the the opportunity to just explore as artists and just let the art lead um, is a very rare thing because we have to keep producing things in order to make money, in order to keep having a living as an artist. And that actually, that's not the heart of artistry it you know the heart of artistry is giving it room to be and then what comes out of that sure sometimes it may produce something in the long run, but it, that can't be the agenda otherwise we do just become commodities again and I think that's like you say it's really dangerous yeah that's so, that's extremely well put I think mm -hmm. it's so so true yeah and I think that's where in the end like um so many artists go, well, I'm dried up. Like I can't, like I apply yeah. for a grant. And they're trying to fit, fit an agenda, just like you said. And they're not really, um, they're not being the creative spirits that they're called to be. Yeah. Um, that's really hard. It's, it's just, it's a juggling act though, in terms of like, how do you maintain um, sort of living, you know, like in terms of finances yeah. and, and being the creative artist that you're meant to be. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. That's, that's the big struggle that I, I, I wish I could, resolve but it's yeah. always come down to finances but yeah. unfortunately i feel like that's just as you said it's actually um it's limiting it's it's very limiting yeah. i think that's why when the people like sometimes i go i'm kind of embarrassed to invite a professional photographer because like i'm getting the good out of it you know i'm getting all these albums of beautiful photographs but i feel like i don't want to you know uh be disrespectful in terms of inviting them without right. saying well you paid it's I'm not, I'm not really paying so I'm saying I'm not paying you to come and take pictures of my I'm I'm inviting you to come to explore and they really do appreciate that because they go oh gosh as a professional I have to shoot weddings and all these things that I'm paid a, a salary for but boy is it ever fun to just come and actually play yeah 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 yeah, yeah. go ahead Danielle you were about to I wanted say to ask something. something really quickly um this, just this is my brain I can't help it Sandy knows this about me when I have an idea I'm like you should try this you should do this <laughs> I'm just optimistic and have lots of ideas but have you ever kind of like combined all of your works like all the things from all your classes and like put them together by any chance so I'm just like oh you, know, you should have a book of all your different like artists yeah. and everything and like 
<laughs> do you have any of that kind of stuff for people to see, or is that just like for private, just like you know, just for yeah. inspiration type? I maybe that'll be the next chapter of my life. I don't know. I wish somehow I could amalgamate it. Quite often, people say, "Oh, it'd be so neat!" Like with the the class that I was doing with all these illustrations, I'm now getting boom, 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 like this big stack of them, and I kind of go, "Oh, it's kind of sad." They're yeah. sitting now. They got stuffed in the cupboard. I only get seen, you know, for an hour or whatever, and that's it. Yeah. Um, so it'd be kind of nice to amalgamate something like that to sort of pull in. Mm-hmm. Some of the thoughts or the themes that I taught about and um, um, something like a little, I don't know, take on book with that's illustrated, an illustrated book might be neat. Um, I found such a fascination with with film, but that's usually just involving. Um, the last thing I did actually was kind of cool. It was, um, I found a, 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 a musician I really liked online and Instagram kind of became a friend and she said, go and do something. So we did a few things over um over the pandemic, but it, the last time she actually messaged me, she said, I specifically am interested in doing this. I would love to create a piece of music. And she said, I'm kind of drying up. I'm just feeling like, I don't, I don't feel creative, whatever. She got, I'd like to kind of, instead of, she said, have you ever done a choreography to no music? And then the music is designed afterwards on the choreography? I said, well, no, usually I'm, I, I must admit, I'm, I'm the type of person that gets influenced by music. So when I, I always music as the thing to ignite movement but I asked my daughter I said would you be willing to do a piece of choreography she's a theater theater movement artist and um do a piece of choreography that I could send to with no music on it send it to um to Amsterdam to this this lovely uh pianist that I know and we did that we filmed it I said it's kind of fun for me because got filming involved so it was beautifully filmed did it in black and white sent it off to her and she composed a piece of music, which is now on her um, Spotify playlist or whatever. And she said, I'm going to call it Joy Lynn. That was my daughter's name. Aww. It's really cool. And it's really neat because when I got my daughter to improvise, it's much easier to, to move to music. So she had a very phonetic kind of, really kind of weird electronic kind of music. And then we took out the music and sent the blank bit of the movement to the pianist who's much more of a lyrical soft like there's just it's and so it's amazing to see this almost frenetic music to this really emotional lyrical soundtrack and it was so cool to see how once again it's the perception of the movement how's that person taken as a completely different artist not an electronic artist but like a an instrumental artist of mm-hmm. the piano so that was a really neat thing which was kind of bringing together movement and uh, film and, and and music in a, in a un, 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 unnormal way for me, like sort of backing it roundabout upside down. Um, but in terms of, I just don't know really what, 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 what to do to kind of do more of what I'm already doing. I feel like it's uh, repetitive. I'm going to have another event and another event. And I keep just trying to extend who comes to the event, which is probably the hardest thing to do um, by finding more artists. Are there other artists out there? And it's just being able to actually yodel out and get the message to them. They'd be jumping at at the chance to come, but it's really hard when you're like most of the people that I would know are are dancers. And even with seniors, um, this has been difficult for me. I thought this is probably the most important uh, class on a spiritual level for me that I offer because it's the totality of me. And yet very few people know about it so and i don't have a great huge uh, enclave of, of senior cities and friends to say hey tell your friends I, just, I don't hang out with seniors usually so um it's kind of hard to find the audience that would benefit from these things that's really cool i love that i love the idea of of um the music being added after it's been done to a whole mm-hmm. other piece of music that's really fun i love that yeah, it, it almost made me, I don't know if it would be rude to do, but I almost thought, you know, it'd be so cool to send the same videotape with no music, like a silent footage, to a variety of very contrasting type of, and to see what, uh, so just to, and then to have to make a film of all of the same piece of dance bridged together with the complete different I uh, love music. that. I want to do yeah. that. Why not? I want to yeah. do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, with the with our interdisciplinary mentorship program, I think that would be a great project to have them do yeah. to create it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that. Uh, now, <laughs> you bring up the idea of your daughter and your husband. You have a family full of artists. <laughs> and um, how did that happen? Or was it destined to happen because your husband already was an artist and you already were an artist? 
Um, well, I, yeah. mm-hmm. And I was just going to say, and and how does it work? You know, are you helping to support each other? Do you, you know, what, what's the dynamic of a creative, artistic family like yours? Well, I guess as you, you know, you you, you figured it out. We, I was very attracted to my husband right away. I went, this is an artist. Like it just fell like love, love at first sight. This is this is great. So, and then moving and um, touring with him, we went to China together on his with his theater of giants, uh, mask theater company, and and came to the expo and ended up landing here and staying here and um, living here. And then when we had our daughter. I kind of, it's funny, I, as a mama, it's probably an awful thing to say, but I was like, oh no, what if I have a, have a child, have an infant that wants to become, I don't want to become a soccer mom. I was just like terrified <laughs> of being out of my, out of my element. I go, I'm an artist. And my mom just rolled her eyes and went, oh, oh. like whatever, whatever was meant to be was meant to be. But I think it was inevitable when she was in my tummy. I remember I was teaching at, um, I think it was Arts Umbrella or something. And I had to teach a, had to substitute for a flamenco class. <laughs> <laughs> Which I used to do flamenco too, so I love it. So I was like, when they were going with their feet on the floor, I could feel uh, my daughter in, in, my, in my womb kicking like, and I went, oh, <laughs> I think we're going to have a personality and, and that's yeah. going to be birthing a personality. But it's really what's quite fascinating is um, to this day is that we have lots of the masks all over the over the house, um, just lying here and there. And our daughter has been able to just sort of slip them on and do it almost by osmosis. And we go, that is so cool. And actually her whole career, <clears throat> she studied and graduated from UBC in the acting program. But when she launched after graduating, just sort of her own career, she realized that physical theater was the thing that she was most intensely interested in. And that involved puppetry. So she just went to Ottawa and did, um, Oh yeah, my husband's gonna be kind enough to show show you the one of the masks in the background. Oh, nice, nice. Uh, anyway, but she went to um, do a um, uh, it's what's it called the breathing hole. So she had to uh, operate a giant. Um, it was an Inuit p- a play at the NEC, and she had to operate this giant polar bear that was huge puppet- puppetry role. And so she was really excited about that. And so she's been doing a lot of puppetry and mask theater and following in basically our footsteps. And we're like, how did this happen? And just kind of wonder if it's genetic. I think my husband's just going to creep up behind me with one of them. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. That looks amazing. Oh, wow. Now, does she create these? But my husband actually made them. This oh, one was hand-woven okay. and crocheted. Wow. And he does not. He's, a, he's a visual um, visual artist as well as a, as a moving and uh, performing artist as well so that's again it was it's like literally when I stepped into his mask when I first met him I was just like this is what it's meant to be like everything the mm-hmm. art the creation of the art the wearing of the art the expressing through the art and that's why it's become this driving force of like how can I can uh, continue to um I don't know just have this multidisciplinary kind of drive to reinforce that we all need each other and support, and again, support one another in our family. As you can see, we're very supportive. We're about to go to a show. My daughter's in a puppetry children's show at the Evergreen this evening. Um, nice. My husband, she did a, um, they, just, excuse me, they did a one person show uh, called The Moaning Yoni, which was all about um, kind of addressing their sexuality. And uh, my husband ended up being director kind of by accident, but has since been like co-writer and director for her mm-hmm. one person show. So we really, really do support each other in, in incredible ways. Um, when I was having to teach at home, my daughter said, I will set you up and teach you how to do Zoom. And she just kept, <laughs> you know, kept my life, basically kept my lifeline going because nice. I to not teach would be really have been, I don't know what, what devastating to me. So yeah. she's been very supportive. Like you can do this, mommy, you can tackle technology. Which <laughs> 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 is not my forte. I'm like, uh, can I? <laughs> so awesome. yeah, super, super supportive of one another, but I think that support has to get driven past. Like it's great to have it in my own personal family, but my 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 goal is to sort of see if I could sort of influence our community to have a little bit more of it, yeah. you know. And it's it's going to be like little tiny, teeny tiny steps. But I think if they're they're more of us, as yeah. like you guys, I'm like, wow, there's other people out there. Um, yeah. The more people that are doing it, it's just like wildfire. It's going to spread and yeah. start. start more normal normalized yeah. Yeah. like you were talking about compartmentalized yeah yeah mm-hmm. do you have a last question danielle oh goodness let's see um well 
it's more of just a set of things I guess I just want to like say thank you to you guys because like I know for me like I'm I'm midway through my career now I would say probably like I'm not at the end I'm definitely not at the beginning either but like I look up to you guys because like I I knew from a young age I am an artist like I'm not just one thing I know I will evolve and change like you guys too um but yeah I just want to say like thank you because mm-hmm. I have someone multiple people to actually like look up to and kind of like emulate over time and uh less of a question more of just a thank you to Mm. both of you guys Mm. because i I really do find both of you just like amazing and the fact that you guys still continue to like try and make our community better is huge Mm. it's easy Uh, to give up on people thanks danielle yeah Yeah, of course well and taking that um for you linda do you have any any other ideas for the future are you just kind of enjoying the ride right now or do you have thoughts and dreams for what comes next um I don't know if I say thoughts and dreams. I think I'm riding my my, my magic carpet, but I'm just trying to find a way of um, like being an orchestra conductor, like to find the ensemble and like a, a, a stronger ensemble of, of people that mm. can get caught up in that current. So for mm. me, I think I, I maybe have to, I love to wear many hats as an artist, but a, a harder hat to wear uh, to make this actually um uh, the most beneficial to benefit more people is to have that hat of how to find the people, you know, what kind mm-hmm. of um, administrative role to actually be the one that's calling out the people. Like for instance, if I do an, an event, people are like, wow, that's great. You got all these people here. I said, do you know how many people I had to shout out to, to get just this handful of people? And right. to me, it's, you know, not, I shouldn't say just, it's never just, even if there's one person, they say it's a value. Right. But I really feel when you're doing work like this, that you're, investing your whole soul in Mm. you want to attach it to as many people that can benefit from it and they may be teachers like yourself like you're just like oh this is have mentorship it gives me the power and it's empowering to me to be another driving force and and to keep that whirlpool just getting bigger and bigger but I guess that's my I wouldn't say so much a goal I think I'm going to continue doing what I believe in um authentically just being who I am and what I feel like my per- purpose in life is, is here for mm-hmm. to be um, recognized by you guys is really lovely. I'm like, Oh, is that a really nice actually notice that I'm doing something that's really <laughs> oh, cool. Of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. a lonely adventure, you know, it's not yeah. lonely in our house. As you can see, it's colorful and yeah. activity here, but outside of the house, you kind of go, Oh, like uh, for all the times that you extend your arm, it's very rare for someone to just extend, take the initiative to extend it to you yeah. you know people grab onto your hand when you when you throw out the, the net the net um mm. you'll find a fix but it's very very rare to have a, a net thrown out at you and saying like hey thanks or hey yeah like interested to talk to you it's really great well and you know i think um hopefully these conversations are what'll help us to to be. I mean, we talked about this the last time we were together too. Is the competitiveness that happens amongst artists, where there's that feeling that um, that grant that I'm applying for, the other person is also applying for. I, you know, I'm in competition for them. If they get it, oh shoot, there's less for me. Um, yeah. And I think. I think to continue to reach out to one another and recognize, no, we're all in this together. Um, yeah. Good, a good arts community um, enables everybody to do what they do, and and I think you know the idea of of the collaborative work that you do is is really what mm-hmm. helps everybody. So we're going to keep reaching out to you because <laughs> we really like what you do. And um, any any final words or plugs for anything, like any gatherings that you have so that, you know, you don't have to do quite so much work kind of reaching <laughs> out, but are there any things that you have coming up that you, that we could kind of give a plug for? Um, I will be actually do more uh, because I found a lot of, most people are still feeling more comfortable doing classes on Zoom, but there's a, a large component that do want the live classes. And instead of getting, you know, like I had been doing at the Dance Center, just having a regular ongoing classes um just for now i thought oh, i'm going to do less of them and make them events and do what i need to do which is draw all the artists together and say okay we're going to have two live events per month or whatever Good. um so i'm going to be doing more events 
Um, I do have a Facebook group called Dance Classes with Linda Arkellian where I where I post all these events that are up and coming. And basically, it'd be really nice if anyone hears or sees this online. If you're a senior, and you don't have to be a senior, there's some people that are not seniors that take my mindful movement class. It's really, really wonderful class for healing and slowing and just bringing yourself back down to a, you know, regulating your, your nervous system and um, mm. being able to cope with cope with all the difficulties in life. Life's always throwing difficult hoops every every yeah. direction at us. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I really love, I would love, in, if I, I often put things out in terms of my, my art, if anyone's interested in sort of saying, hey, what is her art like or her photography? I am Instagram, and I really love, that's my platform. I use Facebook more for you know, reaching out to dancers, but my Instagram is more personal in terms of my artwork and photography that I love to explore, so, okay. yeah. Okay, <laughs> we'll keep plugging in. And, yeah. and <laughs> I'm just going to give a little plug for this because for those of you who are watching and listening, um, this also appears, we've done it live here on Instagram, but it appears on our podcast, Voice of the Artist Dance Edition. Um, and we've got a whole bunch of great artists that you can listen to. And this all comes out of, of our venue, Bez Arts Hub, um, which Danielle and I have been a part of. Linda's been here, but we would love to get you doing a workshop mm -hmm. or something here. So hopefully in the future. But yeah. um, thank you so much for joining us, Linda. Really great gift always to talk with you. And we'll have you again in a couple of months. We would love to have you again. Okay. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and thanks, Danielle. And we will yeah. see everybody in two weeks. We'll be back again uh, and we'll have another conversation. Anyways, thank you so much for joining us. Take care. Yeah. See ya. Yeah. Bye. Oh, what does that say? <laughs> I don't know. It's probably backwards, but it says virtual hug. Ah, there, there you go. go. Oh, thank so you. Sweet. Okay, Bye, take guys. care. See you. Bye-bye. Thanks again. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for joining us on Voice of the Artist Dance Edition. Voice of the Artist is a production of Bez Arts Hub and works in conjunction with many other dance organizations and studios. To respond to us or let us know what other topics you'd like us to cover, email hello at bezartshub.com. For more information about us, go to bezartshub.com dance. We'll see you next time.